We are so back. We're so back. Hey, hey, hey. We're so back. We're so back. We're so back. It's the Detroiter. We're covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're presented by the Second String, the SecondString.com for all your Detroit sports where apparel, fashion needs. Go check it out. We got sports stuff. We got streetwear stuff. We got everything you could ever fucking wish for. Michigan, Michigan State, Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, you name it. We got it. Other cities, it don't matter. We're back. Back from or, uh, back from Michigan in California. Fourth of July trips over. It was a nice little visit. We'll get into it another episode, probably next week. We'll detail the adventures through the Mitten State. I'm actually very excited to talk about it. Um, I'm excited to talk about uh, just how the Mich- the Mitten State makes me feel. Just how it felt being back. How I'm like, I'll be honest, dude. Everybody bills California as the greatest place on earth. Don't get me wrong. California is fucking incredible. I was kind of homesick, I think. I felt great being back, dude. I felt like I entered my prime, brother. You know how like an NBA player must feel when they're on the home court after two brutal ones on the road. When Vegeta hypes it, or uh, hops in the hyperbaric time chamber, dog. I felt in my fucking element, brother. Like a snow leopard in the Swiss Alps. I just felt good. I felt right. I felt primed up and just ready for action like Tom Cruise behind the wheel of an F-14. It felt awesome. It's great to be back. Saw some family, saw some friends, saw the sights, went downtown a couple times, right? Went out to the west side of Holland, Michigan. Shout out Brent. To the east side, Oscoda, Michigan. Shout out Will. Couple of the Great Lakes, couple inland lakes. Dipped my toe, dipped my face, dipped my whole body in the water. Saw a couple of ladies. Oh, oh, um, caught a Tigers game, hit the tin roof per usual. What else would I do? Ate Buddy's Pizza. I mean, it was a time, dude. <laughs> just ch- I just choked on. I don't even know what. I haven't eaten since like five o'clock or two, 12 o'clock today. Um, it was a time. Went to Boogie Fever one night in Ferndale to celebrate my, ba- my dad's birthday. Shout out Motor City Tom. Guy turned 60 years old. I go, what should we do for your birthday? He goes, let's go dancing. I'm like, what? Is this an Always Sunny episode? Let's go dancing? Okay. I don't know. Where do you do that? Do we have to sign up for a class? I don't know where you go. Like, I can pull out the JBL in the backyard and throw on a little salsa if you want to do that. No, 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 no. He says, we're going to go to Boogie Fever. We're going to go to Boogie Fever. Dad, everybody there is my age. You're 40 years older than all of us. Not to get disrespectful with it, but like, hey, you got to hear it sometimes. You're 40 years older than all of us. You sure you want to go to Boogie Fever? Yeah. We want to go to Boogie Fever. We go to Boogie Fever. It's my family, my cousins, my sisters, some of my dad's friends from college. Uh, my Some of my friends ended up tagging along, and it was an evening, brother. You've never seen a group of people dance that hard for that long which with that much technician, that much perfection. I mean, you could have swore we were the Jabberwockies out there. It's just a couple sweaty dudes, sweaty girls wearing a couple party shirts and pairs of jeans. And we were tearing the place up. I think people were walking in there and they were going, oh shit, Boogie Fever run it out tonight? I didn't know there was a dance practice. I didn't know they had a competition this evening. No, 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 no competition. That's just the Bradley clan fucking sending you back into the 80s, sending you to a time you've forgotten, right? Sending you to a time in which ABBA reigned supreme. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. My dad, that guy is like a jackrabbit. He just doesn't quit. I really don't understand. They say when you get older, you start to run out of energy, right? You like don't do shit like staying up till 2 a.m. dancing and drinking beers with a bunch of 20-year-olds. They say that 
kind of stuff stops happening. Dude, I was tapped out. 1 a.m. rolled around. I'm sitting there like, all right. Um, I had my first beer today at like 6. Okay. I had pizza, lots of pizza. We went to dinner before. I ate a lot of pizza. Square, deep dish, Detroit, Detroit style. That shit's heavy in your stomach, right? I'm not just eating fucking napkins. I'm eating thick bricks of pizza. It's 1 a.m. I've probably had, I don't know, 12 beers at this point. A little bit of liquor, a little bit of tequila. Yeah, probably ripped the vape here and there. Like, all kinds of things are in my system. I'm starting to go, wait a second. When I haven't had water since lunchtime. I'm tapped out, right? My legs are on fire. My feet feel like someone's just pricking them with needles. I can't stand on them anymore. Love the Nike Blazers. They get uncomfortable after about the seventh hour of standing on them. I go to my dad. Hey, man. What's the timetable? Like you, what we getting close here? It's like getting close. The place is open for another hour. Bruh, you're 60, bro. Another hour. You want me to do this for another hour? And that's where the problem arises. I don't want to be the guy standing in the corner, just going, Oh, they look like they're having fun. It's too bad. My feet kind of hurt. I don't want to be that guy. Right. I mean, he has he's got his kid. I got to show up. This guy's going out and putting on a show worthy of Cirque du Soleil. I'm going to sit over there rubbing my feet. I mean, what kind of message does that send? That's pussy stuff. I won't sugarcoat it. That's cowardly behavior. So I man up, rub a little dirt on it. I get back out there and I'm going to dance, God damn it, until 2 a.m. I'm going to dance until somebody kicks me out of there. Will I dance well? Will I dance with the same passion or enthusiasm that I did at, say, 10 p.m.? No, probably not. But at that point, nobody's watching. If you're still at Boogie Fever in Ferndale on July 2nd at 1.45 in the morning and you're laying it down, you got crazy legs still, you got some ants in your pants, and you see a family, 60-year-old, couple other 60-year-olds, couple 30-year-olds and some 20-year-olds just grooving in a circle, taking turns, going into the middle. Everybody looks like they just got done running a marathon. The whole group just kind of smells funny, right? Doesn't You don't really want to get that close to them. On one hand, you do because you're like, damn, they're having fun. What are they doing? And then you come within three feet and you're like, oh, they've been sweating for four hours straight. I mean, it was scenes. It really was scenes. Um, powered through, made it till 2 a.m., waiting outside for the Uber. Some guys come up, hit on my sisters. My dad and I are standing there like, this is fucking weird. Uh, these guys come up to my dad. Get this. These guys come up to my dad. They go, Hey, uh, she, she told me I had to ask you for her number. I'm sitting there like, bro, it's like, I fucking want to go home. What are we doing here? My dad's like kind of fucked up. Like, Oh, you'd have to ask her. I'm like, bro, just can we tell this guy to scram? Like, I don't want to be a dick. I feel him. I feel his pain. There's nothing harder in the world than trying to lay game on a chick when her dad's around. There's nothing more challenging than that. And I'm sitting there, brother, it's 2 a.m. We got leftover pizza at the crib. I've been burning through episodes of The Wire. Wouldn't mind knocking out one more before bed. And this guy's going to come up and go, can I get the number, Mr. Bradley? Like, bro, if she's asking you to ask her dad for the number, this is just a good tip in general. Not just my family, not just Michigan. If she's asking, you go to a girl and you say, hey, you know, you want to go out? Can I get your number? And she says, "Let you should ask my dad. It's not going to work, bro. Like, it's just not going to work. Ask my dad. Fucking why, though? That's the last person I want to ask. Hey, sir, I'm trying to bang your daughter. Can I have an easier form of contact with her, please? No, like, just, ugh, dude. It's 2 a.m. for the love of God. 
but it was a good time. It was a good little weekend. Um, good time at Boogie Fever. First time I'd ever been. Place is sick inside. Decorations inside. They got like 50 disco balls. I'm a slut for a good disco ball, to be honest. I kind of want to get one for my apartment. I don't ever have parties. Rarely are the lights even off unless I'm sleeping. I don't have people over really in general. Um, but I kind of want one. I don't really, you know, I don't know why. I just, they kind of look cool. Like the, when they reflect the light, I don't hate it. Maybe I'd turn the lights off more if I had a disco ball to shine a light at. I don't know. The inside was sweet. The music was gas, dude. They were playing 80s. They were playing disco. They were playing the stuff that my dad showed up for. I'm not a huge, especially since moving to California, I'm not a huge, let's just listen to the top 50 billboard at the bar. For sure, gone through that phase. I mean, like everybody does, right? You go to college, what are they playing? The top 50, the chart, every fucking time, right? We've all been there, no doubt about it. And I don't hate that. Not quite my scene, just like gets old, right? Like I've heard, you know, I know the radio. I know what songs are popular. I've seen TikTok. Like I don't need to hear Drake both for the five gazillionth time. I don't need to hear it. Um, Yeah, I'd like to hear I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor though. I'd like to hear Dancing Queen by Abba. Like that'll get me going. That'll get me moving. I don't necessarily need to hear As It Was by Harry Styles. Great tune, dude. Great tune. If I'm driving, the sun's setting, cue it up. And you know, it's not the same as it was. Heard it so many times. Like we don't need to do that at the bar, especially not a disco bar, especially not a dancing bar. Um, so the music was great. It was a good time though. It was a good time. Had a nice little time in Michigan and folks, I'm going to level with you. I went much longer on that than I had anticipated. Uh, it's already been 10 minutes. Did not want that to go 10 minutes. Was hoping that would go maybe five, uh, maximum seven. But I got going, couldn't stop. You know how that goes. You get the train of thought. You get in a little groove. I'm talking. It was kind of funny. Right? My dad's hanging out with my friends and I. We're all drinking and partying until 2 a.m. You don't see that every day. Figured we'd shine some light, give the man his props. He toughed it out. Unfortunately, the next day I woke up and drove to Holland, Michigan. So I didn't get to spend any time with my dad coming off of that night because usually this guy, listen, you don't know my dad. If you're listening to this more, most likely nothing, nothing that guy loves more than giving me shit for being hungover. Like really nothing. He loves more than oh, had some, I'm laying on the couch. It's 11 AM. All the blinds are closed. It's pitch black. He fires up some music, turns on all the lights, starts making coffee. Oh, I had a couple beers last night. Huh? There's nothing he loves more than rubbing in when I'm hungover, just being obnoxious where I'm clearly like, can you not fucking yell at me right now? Can we not listen to Tchaikovsky's Tchaikovsky's fifth concerto right now? Like I'm obviously trying to sleep. Can you not open the blinds They're, You know, I came down here. I, I saw that they were closed. I kept them closed. He loves giving me a hard time for being hungover, which I guess is fair. It comes with the territory. But that guy, when he's hungover, when the shoe's on the other foot, he's a dead body, dude. He's a dead body. He doesn't want to hear a pin drop. He doesn't leave the basement until 5 p.m. He just lay, He's like a dog that came in from the summertime. He just lays in the basement in the cold. Eyes closed, groaning. His voice sounds all fucked up. He's drinking water. He keeps going, man, had too many beers yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I know. I mean, that's what a hangover is, right? And he he doesn't take it. I I tune up some music. I'm like, hey, how about Dancing Queen one last time? Fucking pissed at me. So I didn't get to rub in his hangover, which I was a little bummed out about because I was pretty excited to see how he was dealing with it because he does not deal with them well. 
as much as he likes my, likes to make fun of me. But it was a good time. Time in Michigan was gas. The Mitten State in the summer, uh, like you really can't beat it, dude. Like I said, Michigan's sick. Or, I mean, California's sick. You you can't beat Michigan in the summer. The reason people live in Michigan is this time of year. Like, honestly, the reason I fucking was born there and grew up there is because my parents were like, damn, this place is sweet for five months of the year. That's exactly why. The place, when it's warm out, when the sun is shining and when you're near the water, it's like a fairy tale. Like, nobody gives a shit about anything other than having a good time. Nobody wants to hear about work. Nobody wants to hear about your problems. Nobody wants to talk about money. Nobody wants to hear about a Venmo. None of that. All they want to hear is, do you need another beer? Are you hungry? What should we do next? That's all they want to hear. Let's have a good time. I don't give a shit what you have to do tomorrow. I don't care what work you need to do on Monday. It doesn't matter what time your flight is. We're on a lake. We're in Michigan. It's 85 and sunny. There's people around and we have 500 beers to power through. That's it, dude. It's hard to replace that. And you come to a place like California where that all exists, the nice weather, people, water, beer. But when you have it 12 months of the year, everybody, you know, it's normal, dude. You take it for granted. Nobody's feeling that extra little kick when the, when the sun's out. Nobody has that extra pep in their step when it's 80 degrees, right? You don't get that same Michigan vibe where you hit Michigan. You hit like Michigan, tie up with a couple other boats. Next thing you know, it's like, whoa. I might not be able to hang with half the people out here and they all have kids. That's fucking wild. That's how much they're into it. That's how hard they've been chomping at the bit. So it was a hell of a time. Michigan's unreal. Um, what my initial plan was today. Let's actually get to some sports, shall we? I mentioned la either last week or the week before. Um, so I pre-recorded a couple episodes for the weeks I'd be in Michigan because I didn't have my or I didn't have my uh my green screen, any of my shit, my microphone. And I, plus I, you know, I was in my parents' place. I was working during the day. I was doing shit at night. I didn't really feel like worrying about, Oh, I got to get a podcast. Oh man, I got to edit this. Oh, I got to do this. I didn't really feel like it. So I just didn't do it. I pre-recorded, put them out, whatever. But if you listen last week, you know, if you didn't, I'm going to start changing up the format of these a little bit, the Detroiter. Um, as some of you may know, I used to do a podcast called the second string pod, just kind of fizzled out. Didn't have a ton of listenership. It got hard. It got like hard to think of topics. I kind of got bored of it, but I kind of want to bring aspects of it back. So there I would just talk about whatever, uh, like things like I just spent 15 minutes talking about it's hanging out in Michigan, my dad's birthday, Lake Michigan, whatever. I want to bring some of that here. I want to personalize this feed a little bit more. The core of it and the premise of the Detroiter and the show is always going to be Detroit sports, Red Wings, Lions, Pistons, Tigers, Michigan, Michigan State, always, always will be that. But I do want to add a little bit more of a personal touch because I like the TikToks, who I'm sure most of you came here through the TikTok. I like throwing that shit on the TikToks. I like mixing in a random me just making a stupid joke or me talking about an experience on the TikTok. And people seem to like it too. So I think what I'm going to start doing here is we're going to start running this twice a week. And then once football season comes around, maybe even three times, because once it's Michigan, Michigan State, the Lions – and the Pistons and the Red Wings start up, we are going to have more than enough to talk about. So for now, until football starts, July, August, we're going to run this twice a week. And we will just be doing what we've been doing, right? Whatever there is with the Tigers, which is never fucking good. Um, the Red Wings, who have a ton of news today. And then the Pistons, who there's some stuff to talk about. Ivy, during the Summer League, they've been fucking sweet. 
we're going to stick with that through the rest of the summer. But what I'm going to start doing is mixing in maybe like 10 minutes a show. All right, this happened to me. Or let's talk about this. Just whatever. Something about me, an experience, a story I had, something I've been thinking about. Literally whatever the case is. I think we're going to start doing 10 minutes an episode maybe. I'll I'll keep it much tighter than this. 10 minutes an episode maybe. Just all right. So this happened. Um, let's talk about it. Whatever. Just something personal. So you guys get to know me more. So I can make make it a little bit more like Nick Bradley show esque, if that makes sense. Like you listen to Bill Simmons, you listen to Ryan Rossillo, their shows. Yes. They're sports focused. Yeah. They mainly talk about the NBA NFL, but they'll mix in shit that they care about. They'll mix in jokes. They'll mix in the life advice. They'll mix in the parent corner. So I kind of want to start doing a little bit of that. So I think that's the plan. We're going to do two episodes a week, still based around the sports teams and everything in the city, but then we'll do eh, 10 minutes an episode where I just kind of go on whatever. Maybe it's television. Maybe it's a movie. Whatever the case is. So I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun for you guys. Um, just a little bit more of a peek behind the curtain and like you get to know who I am a little bit more. I think it'll be fun for me just tapping into another part of my brain, a new just thing to talk about, new avenue this can go down. So it'll be good. So my initial plan today was to do the Red Wings free agency as Steve made fucking moves today if you can't tell here we go detroit hockey on the second string.com most fire red wing shirt in the game it's absurd every time i wear it compliments um the red wings went nuclear and since i've been out the past two weeks i haven't really commented in real time on ivy duran and the piston summer league team going dummy i haven't said a word about it i've barely gotten to talk about it now that we're almost 20 minutes in i think i'm going to postpone the pistons talk for next episode, which I may release Sunday, maybe Monday. We'll see. Um, I'll probably record it either tomorrow or Friday. And then today we're going to take a quick break in a moment here. And today we'll just be Red Wings. We'll talk free agency. We'll talk what it means. We'll talk how we're feeling. So we'll quick break Detroit Red Wings free agency day one, the Iser plan. It's unfolding. It is. That man, Steve Eisenman, he been busy. He been busy. Stevie, why been busy? You thought he was going to lurk. You thought he would put it off for another year. Uh, 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 uh. He said it's time to win this once proud franchise. Original six, the most successful franchise in North America or in the United States, rather. Winner of 11 Stanley Cups, Hockey Town, wearers of the winged wheel, home of Gordie Howe, home of Steve Eiserman himself, the Detroit Red Wings. It's time to win again. It's time to win again. Steve Eiserman today said it's time to win again. We've seen him. We've had him for a few years now. I think when he come, 2017, 2018, he's been around for a little bit. He's had some time to make some moves, and he has, right? He acquired Vrana, scooped up Robbie Fabry for free. Um, Nadelkovich drafted guys like Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider. He's done some things and he has improved the team. The team last year was better than they've been since their last playoff run, which is in 2015. And it wasn't much of a run. They showed up, got their asses kicked, went home. Steve Eiserman has improved this team. This team was better last year than they've been since 2015. That's a fact. But today, he took a proactive approach. Steve Eiserman today, the moves that he made, and he didn't do anything nuts. He didn't go out and get Johnny Gaudreau. He didn't throw a crazy package for Matthew Kachuk or Patrick Kane. He didn't do anything groundbreaking. No superstars coming to Detroit. Nothing like that, which is fine. 
what he did do is he made a statement that it we are going to make a concerted effort starting this year to win as many games as possible. Because last year they signed a couple guys like Nick Letty, where it's like, all right, he's a decent player. He'll help you win, right? He's a, he's a solid guy to throw with Mo. They went out, Nedeljkovic, all right. He shores you up a little bit in the net. All right, okay. It's not going to win you a Stanley Cup, but, it, you know, your team's better. He went out. He got a couple guys, right? He, he kept Mark Stahl around. Troy Stetcher was a nice little find. He went out and got Verona. Like, he's improved the team incrementally. He's done some things that, yes, yes, we're better because of them. But he hasn't done anything that's 100% shown. He has flipped the switch where let's win now. Let's win. Every move he's made up until this point – it was either kind of a not a godfather offer where he couldn't refuse, but rather an offer he couldn't pass up. Like Verona, what did we get? A first, a second, and Verona for Mantha. Like that trade, fucking insane that it happened. That trade's insane. I, I still don't know what Washington was thinking. Um, maybe the steal of like the last five years. The trade's insane. Nedeljkovic, Carolina was begging him to take Ned off their hands, and he did. He's made a few trades like that where it's like, hey. Listen, I don't care how many more years we want to tank. I don't care that it is too soon to plug in a guy like Vrana. We're getting a fucking free first at worst second line winger here for free. Oh, and by the way, we're getting picks. You do that trade every single day. I don't care what year of the rebuild it is. I don't care how many more draft picks you need. I don't care. You do that trade every day. And he has done some of those things, but he hasn't really gotten to the point before today of putting his foot down where it's like, now you certainly know the direction. All those moves before, the direction of the team the last few years, even this past, selling at the deadline, Nick Letty's on the move. Um, Darren Helm got to go to Colorado and win a Stanley Cup. Luke Lindenning to Dallas, right? He was still selling off. He's still acquiring picks. He still said, we're, we're in a stage where we're not ready to win yet. We still want picks. We still want young guys. We still want our own picks to be higher. We're still hanging on. Today, he made a flurry of moves that will undoubtedly make this team better. A handful. That day one, game one, the first time the 2022 Detroit Red Wings take the ice, it will be the best team Detroit has seen since 2015. And it's not close, really. It, it's not close. The moves he made today, Steve Eiserman said, we are going to try and win every single game that we can from here on out. There will be no more tanking. There will be no more, oh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we get top five pick. This guy's supposed to be sealed. None of that. There will hopefully be no more selling at the deadline. I think this deadline may be the last one for that, where if we are sputtering and it's not going well and this team is not panning out the way I think they're going to, then, yeah, maybe he sells off a couple pieces, which I wouldn't hate. That'd be fine. But I think as of today, as of July 13th, 2022, it's 7.30 p.m., on Pacific time, Steve Eiserman has decided it's time to win games. It's time for this team to try and compete for a playoff spot. It's time for Dylan Larkin to have more help than he's ever had. It's time for Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider to be in a locker room full of guys who have been on winning teams, guys who have been successful in the NHL for a long time, guys who are talented, skilled players in the NHL, Andrew Kopp, David Perron, Dominic Kubalik, guys who can enforce, guys who also have big bodies and will not be afraid to get physical, Ben Sherratt, Olimata. It's time for this team to become a real NHL team. It's time for the Red Wings to day one 
actually have a fighter's chance at making the playoffs. And that's exactly what he did. He made a flurry of moves. He like more than I thought. I thought, I'll be honest, coming into today, I thought Steve, I thought the Red Wings plan would look like, eh, you know, obviously you get, you always have a couple depth guys, the third, fourth liners. You'll always have a few of those. And I thought maybe he may, he goes and gets one big guy. Maybe he goes and gets Andrew Cobb. Fine. Maybe he goes and gets a left-handed defenseman. All right, fine. This man went out. He got two left-handed defensemen, bruisers, physical, big bodies, guys that have been on good teams. Ben Sherratt coming from Florida. Oli Mata, is he from, coming from Tampa? I can't remember where he's coming from. David Perron coming from St. Louis, a pure goal scorer. Third most points on the power play in the NHL last year. That's fucking absurd. A guy who knows how to score, knows where to score, knows how to get others to score. A guy who will be perfect to throw with some of these young dudes like Lucas Raymond, like Jakob Vrana, like Jonathan Berggren if he's up there, Phil Zadina even. Perfect. And then a solid second-line center in Andrew Kopp, a guy who plays well both ways. Another big body, another NHL-ready guy who's been good in New York. He was this past year, big part of their success, who was good in Winnipeg for all the years. He was their Michigan native, of course. But a guy who fills probably the most important position on the ice outside of goaltending at center. And a guy who fills the biggest line slotting the Red Wings needed. We knew Larkin would be the first center. Pew Suter, he's not a second-line center. He's a third-line center, and now he will be. We needed a second-line center badly, and we got one. Five years, 5.6 mil or something per year for Andrew Kopp. So, yeah, he's making a decent chug. Um, he's 28 now, so he'll run off when he's 33. Ben Chirot, 31 right now. He got four years at 4 mil or 4.75 mil. Little long for the 31-year-old. Like, I even thought Kopp, it's like, damn, this guy's going to run till he's 33. That's a little... He, you know, that's a little lengthy, especially knowing Steve Eiserman, who fucking despises giving out term. I thought that's a little lengthy, but he's a second line center. He's been a very productive NHL player his entire career. 28 is still solid. He will help you win right now. He will certainly, barring injuries, help you win the next three years, probably four. And to be honest, he'll probably a good be a good player till he's 33. Little risky on the length, though. Ben Sherat, 31. By the time he's 35, that's probably not great. He's he's probably not giving you a whole lot at the age of 35. But this year, next year, the following year even, he'll probably help you win some games. He's going to be another great guy to pair up with, whether it's Mo Sider, whether it's Simon Edvinson, whether it's Philip Hronick, whether it's Gustav Lindstrom. He's going to be a great guy to pair up with one of these young defensemen because, again, he's been around the league. I mean, he's 31. He's been in the league. For a while, he's been on good teams. Florida was a goddamn wagon, right? He's played all over. He's played in big stages, Montreal. He's played with the pressure of an original six team. He'll be able to show some of these younger guys the ropes. He'll be able to be a physical presence, a little bit of an enforcer out there himself. And he's just a good hockey player. He's a solid hockey player, right? Nothing earth shattering, nothing groundbreaking, no world beaters. We didn't sign anyone today that's going to go out and win hockey games on their own. We signed good, solid hockey players that will make this team better than they were last year. And we signed a handful of them. Dominic Kubalik, he's nothing crazy either. I thought he was solid for Chicago. Had a 30-goal season two or three years ago. Signed him for two years, like two and a half mil. Why not, dude? Young guy, plays the wing, likes to score goals. He's fast. Like, why not? 
Give me more playmakers. The Red Wings, for God's sake, all we've needed the last 10 years is guys who can put the puck in the net. And Kubalik knows how to do that at least a little bit. He knows how to do that more than some of the guys we have. David Perron, like I mentioned, he's going to be a beauty on the power play. Lucas Raymond, this is how you play the wing on the power play, buddy. Jonathan Bergeron, this is how you play the wing on the power play. Zadina, Vrana, anybody, this is how you play the wing on the power play, guys. Not only is he going to teach those guys, not only is he going to be a great resource in that respect and a guy in the locker room, he's going to stand up out there on the ice, right? He's going to be an enforcer. He's not going to take any shit. Dude, the, the guys forget teaching and being an enforcer and anything else. The guy's going to put the puck in the net. David Perron is going to be a reason we score more goals than we did last year. It's a fact. David Perron is going to be a reason the power plays better this year than it was last year. It's a fact. The power, like it, it just is what it is. The power play will be better this year, and David Perron will be a direct reason for that being the case. It's just it, like it just is what it is. It is what it is, and I love it. I think he only got a year, so there's no you know no strings attached really. Come in, wear the winged wheel for a year, play on a better Red Wings team, play for Steve Eiserman. You get to play in Detroit. You get to be the veteran guy kind of running the show. I assume he'll be on one of the power play units. Um, nice little deal for, for David Perron. And then Andrew Kopp, like we mentioned a little bit. Second line center, really important spot. Um, all the fucking naysayers out there, bro. All those dum-dums. Larkin's a second line center. Shut up, dude. Shut up. He's a first line. Just fucking stick a sock in it, bro. Stick a sock in it, honestly. Storkin's a second line center. No, he's not. Did you watch him play last year? Did you watch him play ever? Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, he was playing with fucking broomsticks and traffic cones. Oh, he didn't have an 80-point season when he was playing with who? When he was playing with who? Fucking who? I don't even know. Larkin's a first-line center, filled an important need in the second-line center. Valeno doesn't look quite up for it. Rasmussen certainly is not up for it. Pew Suter not quite up for it. Andrew Cup good on both sides. He's physical. He'll go to the net. He's going to score goals. He can play make. He'll take the body. He's responsible on defense. Like, really just a solid guy. All-around good game. Seems like a good leader, right? He's been around the league as well. Played in New York on the big stage. Was in the playoffs this year. Made a little run. Michigan guy knows Larkin from U of M like great addition with Andrew Cobb. Yes. My, my two, my two grievances are one or well, they're both term sure. Sherratt getting four years and cop getting five. I'd like cop for four and Sherratt for three would be nice, but I understand you have to, you know, make sacrifices. You got to negotiate a little bit in those situations. So I'm fine with it. The thing about this is, and let's let's uh, who knows what'll happen. Maybe they'll be the Tigers. Maybe this season will start and it'll be like, let's make the playoffs. This is the best Red Wings team we've had in forever. Let's fucking do something. Let's win. Let's be better than 500. Our division is loaded, which sucks. Um, and maybe they'll be the Tigers. Maybe they'll be super underwhelming. Everyone will underperform. It'll be an extreme disappointment. Cop will stink. Peron will stink. Everybody will stink. Maybe that'll happen. That's sports. Maybe it'll happen. At least today, right now, on the first day of free agency, going into 2022, at the very least, I feel the best about the Detroit Red Wings that I've felt since, like, Pavel Datsuk was here. Honest to God. Since Henrik Zetterberg was here. Since Nick Lidstrom was here. I feel like this team legitimately has a chance to make the playoffs. I think they should make the playoffs. 
you think about all the guys we have coming back from last year. You think about the guys we just added today, Billy Huso from St. Louis and net as well. And we're going to have Simon Edmondson come along who just had a great season in the SHL. What is it? 19 year old, 20 year old defenseman, huge fucking body, good skater, skilled Swede had a good season in the SHL. Remind you of most cider much. Hopefully he can come in and follow in Mo's footsteps, which would be huge. And then you have Jonathan Bergeron, who tore up the SHL, just got done tearing up the AHL last year, and I assume will be a Red Wing to start this season. You have a couple more guys in their early 20s, a couple of these youngsters who have been in the system for a little bit with a lot of promise and a lot of skill to bolster the team even further. I mean, we saw what Raymond and Sider did this year. Can you imagine if Bergeron and Edvinson are just Raymond and Sider 2.0? Can you imagine that? Even if even if Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider don't take any steps forward, even if those guys are the exact same players this year as they were last, can you imagine adding two more of them? Can you imagine on top of Cop, on top of Perron, on top of Kubalik, on top of Mata, on top of Sherat? Dude, that's a team. That's a thing. And then you got Bertuzzi and then you got Vrana and then you got Larkin and then you got Fabry and then you got Lucas Raymond and then you got Mo Sider, Hronik, Nedeljkovic, Lindstrom. That's a team, dude. Like that's a squad I can work with. That's a squad that on paper, man, maybe they don't have any electrifying superstar. Dylan Larkin's fucking nasty. Lucas Raymond's very good. Jacob Vrana, very good. Bertuzzi's a good player. Mo Sider's nasty. Mo Sider, probably an up-and-coming superstar, but assuming he stays the same. Yeah, maybe we don't have a superstar. We got a hockey team full of a lot of good players, which we haven't had. That's always been the downfall of the Wings. Yeah, we got a couple of good guys. This past year, look at it. Oh, Sider, Raymond, Larkin, Bertuzzi. Yeah, we got some guys. No depth. After those six or seven guys, it's bums. You just have warm bodies and skates. That's it. That's been the problem for years now. Now you go three lines deep. Pew Suter is the center. Okay. The third line is going to be Valeno, Suter, and Fabry. All right. Okay. Yeah. I can work with that. You go to the fourth line, it's going to be Rasmussen, Ernie, and I don't know, Kubalik maybe? Kubalik might be on the third line. All right. I can work with that. Second line is going to be Andrew Kopp, Jakob Vrana. Who's who, Zadina maybe? All right, I can work with that. First line is going to be Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond. Yeah, I can work. Bergren maybe on that second line. Bergren maybe on that third line. Like, think about this for a moment. We're going to be at a point next year where we have too many players. I just listed all. I listed those four lines. Where's Bergren slot in? Does he take Zadina's spot? Does he take Fabry's spot? Does he take Kubalik's spot? Like, whose spot? Whose spot is uh, Bergren taking? You look on the defense. We got Mo Sider, Ben Sherratt. Ali Mata, Simon Edvinson, I assume will be a Red Wing, Philip Ronick, Gustav Lindstrom. That's a nice group. It's a nice little group there. It's a nice group. Goaltending, Alex Nedeljkovic, Vili Huso. That's solid one, too. It's an upgrade from Grice and Ned. Like, the team got better everywhere today. The team is going to be better everywhere. It's electrifying, bro. It's fucking sick to think about. Like, we legitimately, how many times over the course of last season would I come on here and go, dude, all I want is to just watch the Red Wings in the playoffs again. I watched the NHL playoffs this year. I'd be sitting alone in my apartment talking to myself like, it'd be so sick if Detroit was in one of these games. Fucking every night. 
I they legitimately have a chance at it this year. Like I today, I think the Detroit Red Wings will be within when the season ends, will either be in the playoffs or will be within three games of making the playoffs. And I'll take that. I'll take an 82 game season. I said last year, my goal for the team was give me 82, make it interesting the whole way. They got to March. It was interesting, right? They were never totally in it, but they were hanging around Boston. They were keeping some heat on them. Got to March, fell apart. Season was over. Give me to May. Give me 82 with this team. I'd love the playoff spot. I'd love to see hockey town back in full force. There's nothing I want more. Give me 82. These guys are capable of doing it too. This team is capable of giving you 82. This team is capable of making the playoffs. And that's the number one takeaway. That's the number one takeaway. Not what's going to happen this season. Not who performs. Oh, cop, 40 games in. Cop wasn't worth it. None of that shit. What matters today is the move Steve Iserman made. They made a statement. Steve Iserman, the Iser plan, stated to the National Hockey League today that the Detroit Red Wings are no longer interested in lottery picks and celebrating rookies. The Detroit Red Wings are interested in, interested in what the Detroit Red Wings should be interested in. Making the playoffs, winning playoff series, harvesting superstar hockey players, winning Stanley Cups, doing whatever they can to win. That's what Steve Eiserman said today. There is no more, all right, we'll wait and see. There is no more, yeah, we'll throw them out there. If we finish bottom 10, we could use the pick. No. It's we are going to acquire any player who improves this team. We'll go out and sign him in free agency. I'm sure Steve's not done. Today's just the first day. I'm sure he's not done. I'm sure he'll sign more guys. I'm sure he'll be making a trade. Like I just said, we got too many skaters now. We have too many forwards. I'm sure he'll make a trade sooner rather than later. Steve's not done. But today he declared not only to the NHL, he declared to the fans of Hockey Town, he declared to the players in the locker room with the Detroit Red Wings, it's time. Dylan Larkin, you suffered, buddy. You fucking seen it, bro. You got to Detroit as an 18-year-old, and you've been through it, dog. You haven't even seen what Hockey Town is supposed to be. Steve Eisenman said, Dylan, that changes today. Dylan, that's no longer today. Dylan, we are going to acquire any and all players that can help us win. We are going to improve any single spot we can on any given day. We are going to do whatever we can starting today to win hockey games, to win playoff series, to win a Stanley Cup. And that is what gasses me up. Because if they don't achieve this year, let's say they miss the playoffs. And let's say they miss it by a wide margin, five, seven games, something like that. At least I know Steve Eiserman has flipped that switch where he is interested in figuring out how to improve. Starting with the 2022 season, the Detroit Red Wings are gunning for the playoffs. Hockey Town will be back. The rebuild... Listen, they're not going to win a Stanley Cup this year. They're not going to win it the next year. They're not going to win it the year after that. No, no. They're not there yet. They're not even close. The rebuild is over, though. Being bad for good is over. Wanting higher draft picks is done with. Giving away assets for picks is done with. Players now. Young players. Old players. Anybody who can help. Talented hockey players. For good term, good money, a deal favorable to the Red Wings. Steve Eiserman declared the Red Wings, it's time to win. It's time to win. This team, it's hockey town. It's an original six. It's a legendary fucking franchise. 25 years they made the playoffs. My entire childhood until I was 18 years old, 
this team was one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best, every single season. Steve Eiserman declared today, it's time the Detroit Red Wings won again. It's time that winning is the priority, not the lottery, not draft night, not the number one prospect in Canada. Winning playoff games is the objective. It's the only objective. And I couldn't be more excited about it. Feels like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Excited to see what these guys do in Hockey Town. A little bummed out hockey doesn't start for like five months or whatever it is. But I'll be excited when it gets here. Fucking love Steve Eiserman. I trust everything he did. Even though I don't like the Sherratt deal as much. I don't like the term. I don't like the term on the cop deal. It's fucking Steve, Rog. He could do whatever he wants. Steve could give $10 million a year to a bench. And I'd be like, all right, it's probably worth it. It's probably heated. I don't know. Maybe it makes him skate faster. I'd believe it. This is the year. This is the year. The Detroit Red Wings, we will be gunning for the playoffs this year. This is a year where it's we win. We're not going to win every game, obviously, but I will expect this team. I will go into every game with the expectation of let's win tonight. We should win tonight. We have a good enough team to win tonight. So let's see what happens. That's all I got, folks. Like I said, this shirt, most gasoline thing you've ever seen, available at the thesecondstring.com. Hop on the Wings bandwagon now before it's too late, you rat bastards. I appreciate all of the support. Appreciate everyone who stuck out the first 15 minutes talking about my dad's birthday. <laughs> Hopefully you're excited about the new format, a little more personable, mixed in with the Detroit sports. Um, like I said, we'll be back either Sunday or Monday next week. And it'll probably be more heavily Pistons. I'll probably record it tomorrow, though. So, yeah, more Pistons, uh, maybe a little Michigan, Michigan State. So we'll be back Monday, and then we'll have a second episode next week, either Wednesday or Thursday. I'll let you know in that Monday episode. Appreciate all the support. Everybody listening, keep spreading the word, spreading the love. Um, Have a wonderful weekend, guys. I'll see you next week.